0: Hi, I'm Tracy Malone, and this is Come Along for the Ride, a podcast for horse lovers everywhere. In this episode, you will hear from Donna Anderson from One Horse Life Australia. Donna is at the end of many years of learning and is at the very beginning of her teaching journey with horses and people. Donna started her life with horses, as a lot of people did, by getting her first pony when she was young. Then there was a catalyst that changed her horse training forever. When one of Donna's horses died while she was in the UK visiting her mum, she felt lost and unable to go on with horses for the time being. When Donna finally made a promise to the horse she lost that she would change the way she trained and make sure she was always kind and gentle with horses, the universe delivered her, with one last test of a word, a new horse. Donna found One Horse Life with Anna Marciniak and spent years training online and then in person. This is the foundation of her training methods. Donna teaches connection with your horse and always giving your horse a voice. No matter what your discipline or level of riding, Donna and her training can teach you to have the connection that you've always dreamed of. Like so many other trainers on this podcast series, it seems deep connection with your horse comes from deep self-work. The horse is a mirror of your soul and seems to be here to teach us to let go of all that is holding us back. Donna has a great story to tell and is yet another brave and wonderful human who is here to listen to, as much as she is, to talk to her horses. Here is Donna. Donna, thank you so much for joining me on the show today.
1: Um, thanks, Tracy.
0: Can you first, Donna, tell me a little bit about what it is that you do?
1: Well, I, in a nutshell, I'm connecting people with their horses. I discovered One Horse Life, and it's a whole business set. started in Poland with Anna Martiniak and her husband, Pavel Martiniak, and they, I found them on Facebook, and I was looking at Anna's post, and they really spoke to my heart, and I just couldn't. The more I read, the more I went, wow, well, I need to... I need to look at this lady and then she started offering online courses and I started from there. And now, strangely enough, after three years I'm in the position where I want to tell people what I learned and, and to show people that you can have the relationship with your horse that you were always looking for and, and dreamed of. And I've been through natural horsemanship and I've done the equine science type way and... How to not treat my horse like a robot is one of those things for me, how I you know, I, I know that having a push-button horse is a dream, but it's not my dream and, and the horses I have don't want to be push-button horses.
0: So it sounds like it's quite deep but it's quite grounded as well and I really look forward to getting into that a bit deeper mm. in a little while. But first of all, I'd like to hear a bit more about you and how your life started with horses. Did you grow up with horses, Donna?
1: Have they always been a part of your life? They were somehow in my blood, Tracy, and um, my mother just shakes her head and goes, "I don't know how you got to be into horses so much." But um, you know, I think my mum's dad always liked nature. Dad was always in the garden. Mum like loves animals, loved nature, and I just always oh, wanted a horse, like a lot of the young horse girls do, and you know, just horse crazy like everyone else, and um. So mum and dad bought me my first horse in grade seven, when I was in grade seven, and um, I just went out and rode him in the bush. like luckily we had bush tracks to go to, so I could go out bush riding. And Um,
0: what was that horse's
1: name? His name was Tully, he he was Master Tullock, he was actually a racehorse, ex-racehorse from the Tullock line, he had some famous bloodlines there. I had some lessons, luckily we had, before we bought him, I had some lessons from a lady across the road who's kids went to pony club and said oh I can I can do some teaching so I used to get 30 minute lessons um on their ponies which was great on a Saturday and that was how it started so my life with horses is really different in that it's more detailed and a limited number well in my 20s I was um an elementary judge for dressage I was
0: so how did you get to Elementary Judge for Dressage? Did you take that first horse that you had all the way through high school in Dressage?
1: No, no. My first horse, grade seven, he was like my bush horse. He was broken down race horse. So in the end, I got my second horse. I was at high school by then. I would get lessons off my local instructor. And then later on, when I was a bit older, I would go and work for her in clean stables and and whereabouts was this in Australia? This is always in Brisbane. I lived in Sheldon when I was a child. I did. I came out. Um, I immigrated here with my parents when I was four from England.
0: Ah, you lost your accent.
1: Yeah. I, well, I wouldn't even have one. You know, like I've been here since I was. I'm always feeling So,
0: how did you get into dressage? Did you have an interest in dressage when you were in high school, and
1: that led you to being a judge? Basically, my instructor, she Paula, Paula Price. She was my dressage instructor when I was young. Um, and that was good because she's really good with position and that, you know, sitting properly in the saddle. So that was all good. And then, you know, she said, you know, if you really want to do this, you should really you know, go out and judge as well because it all helps. So I just started in pre novice judging and, and got to elementary. Mary Seafried. <laughs> Mary Seafried was the person doing all the training of the judges. I thought that was a good thing to be trying to help people with their horses coming through. But with uni and that, I was studying full-time and did part, then I did part-time engineering after my teaching diploma. So um, I've got a degree in mechanical engineering. I got rid of my second horse around then because I just couldn't handle all the work. I was working, I was studying, and I just sold so I sold my second horse. And I met my husband while I was studying, got Married in 91, and he said, will you marry me? And I said, yes, but as long as I'm allowed to have a horse. <laughs> <laughs> so now I have four. <laughs> what
0: kind of riding did you do then? What did? What was the next step for you and horses?
1: I went straight back into the dressage. I went straight back to my old instructor when, when I was younger. Um, and, went. and what was it about dressage that you liked? It's probably coming from the old masters that I've read a few books Colonel Colonel Alwapodoski, I loved some of his stuff. And who else was there? The more local people. Franz Maringer was here and I loved the way he wrote. And, you know, he said the hardest thing for a person to do when they're riding on a horse is to do nothing. Tom Robert, you know, he was more like just the breaking in of horses. They've all had an influence on me and I've always had this dream to be able to connect. In this magical way, in this way that's not forced, in a way that the horse can have self-expression and it just wants to be out there enjoying themselves. And I always have this thing like how do I not make my horse a robot? So I think I've stacked my horses on top of that. Like my horses come because they do not want to be robots. They do have a voice of their own and they want to be heard.
0: Yeah, so even though you had that real appreciation for what horses were able to do, there was always that one little thing inside of you that was niggling saying, yeah. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna push button horse.
1: I mean the horse that's not with me now, he's died, but he his name was Buck and, and he was, you know, we had those we had those kind of problems. So I was looking, I I went to the that's why um, you know, I did the equine science type ways and, and it all kind of made sense and I liked it because I felt like I had control and and then I did natural horsemanship and that was kind of okay I, I thought yeah this is me but then you know after it's like you know you, you go there for a few years a couple of years and back to the clinics and I kind of outgrew all my horses outgrew I don't know yeah. it was a lovely bridge
0: because yeah. it's a very big step to go from you know the old kind of horsemanship to the new way of horsemanship that you're doing now so yeah. I um I really love that natural horsemanship came came in it was yeah. such a beautiful bridge to really get beautiful results in a gentle way yeah. And, um, whilst it wasn't for me, I loved what it was able to do, but there was something inside of me that always said, there's something else here. There's another step. And yes. that's the <laughs> to this podcast is to really search for those people and, and broadcast that new way of horsemanship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm one of those. So I've always feel like I'm a fringe dweller of everything because I never ever find my, until now, found my spot there. I feel I can, I can be myself. I feel I have grown. I feel there is so much expansion to come and I feel like I can fulfil my dreams this way. So that's why I want to talk, that's why I need to talk about it and share it because I feel this is the way that, you know, One Horse Life is helping me realise my dreams. I, I, I want my horses to be self-motivated. I want them to help self-expression. That's always been there. And I think it's come from the old masters reading some of the older books. But how to do that? You know how to do that, and and but one horse life is has given me the It's giving me the access point to be able to do that. Steps and things to look at. To be honest, it's about knowing me, calmness, knowing me, and dropping all my tensions and my excitement and my nerves, and knowing who I am. And then the passion can come through. Once you start to unblock all the things that are holding you back you're free to be who you want to be with your horse.
0: Mm, What I find so much with this podcast and interviewing horse trainers in this new way of training is that once they actually do the work on themselves and it allows the horse to be free, but it allows a human to be free. And naturally everything just changes and gets better. And I don't just mean their relationship with their horse. I mean, you know, life changes. The the previous episode with Tony Robinson, he talks about, you know, horses are really here to show us the way. Yeah. The more and more I look into this, the more and more I tend to agree with him on that one. They really do show us a lot and they've been waiting so patiently for us to start listening. That's exactly right. How did you first find One Horse Life?
1: I was in England visiting my mother in 2013. And I, one of my horses was, of course, the week before we went. And I was talking to them. And I said, hey, I've got to fly out Thursday. Oh, we'll, we'll just see how it goes. And then, first, you know, we had flat Thursday. I said, can you please come? I can't leave without you seeing. I need to, we need to have a plan. So, we can't, you know, they left me. Yeah, you know, I knew that things weren't right. My husband was here and some people were checking on the horses. Uh, a couple of days after that, I got the call from the vet. Kind a long story short, um, I said, no, euthanasia him. He, because he already had a lot of medical problems. He was 19, off the track. Actually failed barrier trial. He wasn't, he never raced, but he's a... Seventy-one um, hand thoroughbred. His name was Buck. He took me through all. You know, he's the reason I went to natural horsemanship. He's the reason I, I looked for all these other things because I was always looking for answers. He'd come to me in a dream while I was in England. I, I mean, I didn't think it never happened to me before, but he was just this, there. Was just this black horse. This, I mean, the horse was bay when he was alive, but he was just this jet black horse staring at me in my dream, and I. And I thought, who are you again? I, there's no way I would recognise him, but what happened was my other two horses, my other two geldings were beso- either side of him more in the background. And I realised it was like, and he just was telling me how, you know, it was like to say that he was so happy now. And I I knew, that, you know, he's telling me that, that there was no guilt in what i made the decision. And I, but, you know, when I come home, it was just like, oh, my gosh, I never got to say goodbye. So, you know, we did some special things and we bought special things for his grave and sit out there in the garden and but you know six months six months I was just still not happy um, and got to the end of six months and I went you know I know that you're happy but I just I just think I turned to him I don't know I can't remember if I was talking to him I was probably just talking in my head but I said to him in my head I said you know I really apologise for the way I treated you. We're doing all the things I've been taught and trained to do. And I said, I do not want to treat a horse this way, that way ever again. And I make that promise to you that I do that, that I will never pick up, you know, equipment and force the horse into something that they cannot do. And if you listen to Mel Fleming's talk, she's on about, you know, the physical aspects of the horse and whether they're even up to it. And he really wasn't. Um, was I up to it mentally? No, I wasn't either.
0: It's a great turning point in life though, isn't it? Once you yeah. make a promise like that, everything has to change, doesn't it? It
1: was. It just, it was an instant cure. It was an instant healing for me. Suddenly, you know, after six months of like thinking, am I getting out of horses? Am I not doing anything? It was all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I can buy a new horse. Who was that new horse? I just was looking in ads and things. I had bought a plane ticket <laughs> to go to one of these studs and test ride the horse, and I'm sure he would have been lovely. At the same time, in the back of my head, I'd seen a picture of a two-year-old, an unbroken two-year-old filly, and she stole my heart. I bought the plane ticket. It was non-refundable, and the night that I was supposed to fly down there, I was sick all night. And I felt like my soul was splitting or torn away from my mind. It, I felt I was so ill. And I had to ring the lady the next day and say, I'm really sorry, I've never had trouble with flying, but I can't come down. <laughs> mm. And then, of course, my husband drove me like, it was like a 23-hour trip. But we, we drove to see this horse in the middle of a thunderstorm in New South Wales. And, she, of course, she'd already stolen my heart. This
0: was the two-year-old filly?
1: Yeah, this is Rosie. I knew, you know, I saw her in the pouring rain. The breeder came and showed me her paces, and the breeder's quite up there competitively in the dress i She said to me, this horse will not make a competition horse. My heart just went, yes. I just smiled. I said, that's perfect. She's perfect for me because I knew I wasn't looking for that. I knew I was looking for answers into how to do things better. Mm, so that
0: was your little test, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. We'll pop this in front of you and see if you're going to go for the competition horse or whether you're actually going to be true to your word. What a lovely thing.
1: Yeah. So I walked away from the logic and you know, I walked away from my mind and I went with my heart. Mm. So you bought a home. So I bought a home and she's pretty much unhandled. Um, uh, we, we, I mean, we organised the truck. I just spent time with her. I think she loved me. She's just had a relationship straight away. And um, if I would drive the car out to try and go, who's trimming because I was trimming for people? She would chase the car down the road. I would have to lock her in a paddock so I could get out the front door. Wow. She didn't want me to go. She loved me. I mean, she still does. We love each other. And, you know, then it gets a stage that gets three, and you go, "Mm, I need to be be doing something. What am I going to be doing? So I took her to something a bit more alternate. Um, not your standard. I thought I can't take it. I went back to natural horsemanship and I watched this text and I thought, oh no, she's not going to like this. So I just didn't go, I didn't take it I thought, no, can't do that. I took her to something more alternate that works with energy and she loved, it. she loved it. Probably the first taste of connecting with your horse in a more aware way and Rosie loved that bit. Like, it doesn't mean we didn't have trouble. Like, you know, I'd have her on lead rope and walk her through the, we've got a bit of bush on our property, so just walk her down the tracks. And you know, if she got a fight, she would pull and take off and run home. So it's, it's not, I'm not saying I had the dream perfect relationship. I'm just saying that um, there was something here and it was going well. Um, the, the instructor didn't come that often, but we probably attended three or four clinics. But there was a lot of gaps in between that, and I thought, "Hmm, I think I need to add a bit more to this." So I saw a classical dressage clinic coming up with a new person coming in just from understate. and I didn't mean to take Rosie, but it just ended up that Rosie came as well as my riding horse. So I took Larry and Rosie. I told them she wasn't breaking in or anything. So we we um, put her. I said, "I." I prefer to do free work and we but we had to put her on the lunge and um, she really didn't like that and then things got from bad to worse and I had to say hey no you know I had to start we were starting to use the standard negative reinforcement techniques you know a little bit of punishment come in and say hey no you can't think like that you've got to accept that you can go forward out of this into a circle and she was so mad. And I'd been, you know, I'd been warned that, you know, when I bought her, she, you know, she's not the kind of horse you could push around and, and I wanted that. So I accept, you know, it's my, it was all part of the plan, the bigger picture. Yeah, it was your choice. And she was just, she was just so mad and she, um, she's never, never, ever come to hurt me. And, I mean, she didn't really hurt me. She just, she ended up turning, she somehow got around the back of me and gently kicked me on the butt and it was very gentle and they struck me. oh, you okay? And I said, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Because it, it, there was nothing, it, there was no nastiness in it. She just said, yeah, she just yeah, apologised. Probably pushed you a bit too far but I'm sure she'll be okay when you get home. Now, I didn't realise when I was doing the correcting, you know, that there was a chain on my nose inside the leather and I bought that equipment as well and brought it home and then I went, and then I realised what was in there and, you know, I, I tried. I was like, so let's go to the arena, let's see how we go. And as soon as I went, I was, she didn't like me putting it on and when she saw that we were going to the arena, that was the end of it. She was preempting what was going to happen. They're so clever, aren't they? Yeah. Then I went, well, I can't go back to that, the classical dirt touch. And then I thought I'd go back to the energy side of it. But at the same time, the energy side of it person instructor ended up we ended up having a clash and so rosie and i ended up with nowhere to go and i just i was like oh no i can't go back to that person and i can't take rosie to this instructor and i can't go back to this instructor because of me so yeah. i and mm. stuck in a rock in a hard place and i was walking rosie back from just the bush land out the back and i just I think it was another one of those times where it just opened my heart. And whether I can't remember if I spoke to her verbally or whether it was in my head, I just know that I said to her, I can't go back to that lady that you like, you know, the the way that we're being trained that you like, I can't go back to that because it's not going to do me any good. I said, I can't go back to where the dress I was training, classical dress I was training was because it doesn't do you any good. We're going to have to find another way. And in that moment, Suddenly we became connected on the whole lead and it was like she was walking, it's like we were walking as one and there was a power and a force and a strength behind it. It was just a sudden change and I, this message came through, I cannot stand in my power if you cannot stand in yours. Beautiful.
0: And 2015 is when you found One Horse Life. You said you found them on Facebook. You just happened across them and and decided that that was the way for you?
1: It was straight after that message from Rosie. Anna Martiniak, the posts were hitting me on Facebook and they just spoke to my heart. I was on the second wave of courses I went through as a startup course. The preparation reading material and then the, the course content itself is huge. So I stacked my decks and bought Rosie's sister because I, said, I want double the power to get me there. Right. If you're going to step up and say no, I want to hear it twice over, and I want to learn my lessons. So one Horse Life has grown; it's grown from their students. Anna and will see, oh, you know, they start to see gaps, and then they go, "We need another course to fill the gap that's missing here and missing there." And so, One Horse Life is a continual evolution.
0: Mm, that's a great business, though. The sign of a great business is solving a problem, filling a hole. So that's great, and the holes really are there at the moment. There's that's again. The point of this podcast is to try and fill some of those gaps and give us all a bit of support in the direction we're wanting to take.
1: Yeah. So then with the start up question, you know, Anna sees my horses on video, like I have to video like a five minute segment and upload them and then I would get feedback on that. Anna was always asking us to look for calmness, do everything from calmness. But I started to get messages from them, from the horses, more of them and, and it kind of helped us would that, if we were open for that, you would grow that in us. Anna plants the seed in her students and then lets it to grow in the way that we personally, individually need it to grow.
0: So one of the first things that you learnt was calmness is one of the main things. Mm. How did that have an impact on you and your horses and what your dream was to be with your horses?
1: Good question. It slows you down. Suddenly you're not in a rush to get to the pinnacle of what you're thinking, not to be rushing to get the fruit.
0: Mm, The journey, not the destination.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, I can do the same exercise with a different horse and everyone teaches me a different flavour. I go, oh, I know about calmness, I know what it is now and I can guarantee you my next horse will take me to a different flavour of that calmness. And I understand it in a more different, in a, in a different aspect or a different level than I understood at the time before. The courses themselves are continuing evolving because we're evolving. Mm, what
0: change did you see in your connection to your horse over the three years of doing this course?
1: I guess the relationship's the biggest one because that's what I always wanted. The more that I understand me, the more that I understand who I am, what is really me, what was what I was doing to myself to hold myself back, what my blocks were. When you have a block, they cause tensions in you. And so the biggest thing in my three years is realising how what I'm thinking and how I hold myself blocks how I really want to be and how I think I really am. And so it's funny, when you put yourself on video and you first watch yourself at the start, You always go, oh, my gosh, was that me? Because that's not how it felt. And so the camera doesn't lie and you start to see that how you were with your horse is not how you really think in your mind you were. Yeah, it's
0: very powerful. When I did um, the equine therapy work, the reason I was able to get such amazing results with clients in such a short period of time was not only because I was taught by an extraordinary teacher myself in in counselling, but it was the external visual when the horse would, would literally show the person what was going on inside of them. That external visual, when you're able to see what it is that's going on, you're like, Oh, and you get it on a deeper level. So that's where those videos would be so beneficial, being able to see it yourself and going. Oh, I get it now because someone can tell you what you're doing and you can shift a bit. But if you, you're you visual like yeah. me and you see it, as a lot of people are visual, it just makes such a difference. That's great.
1: Yeah. Later on, I'd look at, back at my original course and I go, I really don't like myself the way I was. And you go, that was me. Like in your head, you think you're always, just, you know, you think you're fine. When you when you start, when you come back with more awareness and look, you go, wow, I changed a lot.
0: And also I can now see why my horses weren't listening to me. Uh-huh. You know, I can really see clearly why I'd ask them something and they go, are you joking? Yeah. You, you know, and then you change something in yourself and they go, okay, now we can have a yeah. conversation. It's amazing how much they're here to show us.
1: Yeah, and in, so in fact, they're listening to us, they're listening to you and they're listening to us all the time and it was just we misread. It as you're not listening when they were
0: yeah we need to put the mirror up there a bit don't we yeah
1: you know like' around 21 29 year old horse sometimes the, the wake-up call or the message might come through your instructor when I started and I put my 29 year old horse on the teacher's classroom based kickstart I just I, was one of the very first exercises I said I had to call his name and he said, and he, and he comes over supposed to come and I I wrote to Anna and I said, I, I think that he might be a bit deaf. <laughs> I, I was worried. There were lots of reasons I thought. And I said, I think he might be deaf. Oh, I love it. Oh, man, she just, it was like the best wake-up call. And it set the whole scene for such a better connection, of course. And she just said to me, Donna, even a blinded deaf horse can feel the energy. And it just woke me up. So what did you
0: change about yourself to allow that connection?
1: Well, I think sometimes it's subconscious.
0: Just the awareness sometimes is enough.
1: Yeah. And the, the, it's a shift. It's a sub, sometimes it's a subconscious shift. I mean, when I first started One Horse Life, I would do like two days of training. And by the third day, I'd normally be in bed sleep because I just couldn't handle the, so much going on that mentally I couldn't understand it. So I would go to sleep and rest. Mm. Um, it's just that big. And there's
0: a lot of subtleness. So there's yeah. a lot of. You have to be so yeah. focused, and we're yeah. not used to being focused on one thing. We're not used to looking for those subtle, um, you know, short things. We're used to having being overstimulated and and overwired. So it actually does take a lot of energy to be present.
1: <laughs> it does. That's it. it does. Mm. With the, I wanted to talk about my old horse um, a little mm. bit. On, um, he, I, I said once I realised how much his eyes the life came back in his eyes and how much he was really teaching me about being present, how much that I needed to let go of controlling him so he could actually fulfil my desire of what I was asking him to do. I had to let go. I was micromanaging. I was wanting it to happen, but you can't, if you want something to happen, it can't happen.
0: You have to let go. That's really poignant, isn't it? It's a really big lesson to try and take in.
1: Yeah. And and so my 29-year-old horse, who's parked under a tree all his life going, no, you think, oh, there's nothing more for doing with that horse. I can tell you this 29-year-old horse was like just open. So for him to fulfil my desire, I have to let go so that he can find his space to do it.
0: Can you explain to me a little bit more about what let go means? What what did you actually do to let go?
1: Like in a simple example of letting go, it's like I'm coming out the feed shed door with my bucket of feed for my, for my old horse and he's standing there in the way and I could rush through it and go, oh, you know, you're in the way. I can duck under the door, duck through him, run around and put it in the thing, right? What I can do is stand there at the door, And wait, and in that time, it gives him space to make a choice. And he will walk to his stable, and there's no pushing and shoving each other to try and get the feed in the feed bucket. And he'll stand back, and he'll go, he'll wait for the food, and they can put the food in the thing. And it's a much nicer experience of a daily routine chore.
0: beautiful so you didn't have to do any training you didn't have to do any asking all you did was became present in that moment let go of all your concepts of how it should be and then it turned out exactly how you wanted it to be anyway
1: oh so good yeah you've seen sunshine on the hoof stand the photos some of the photos Mm -hmm. which are on the blog so um she is my really really big horse at putting this through, this is what I mean, at one small level, King is saying, give me space and time and I can fulfill your desire. But Sunshine does it to a much bigger, deeper level. She is like my my rearing horse standing up going, watch me, look at me, just give me space and let me fulfill. So I, you know, and there's quite a few examples of that like it's taken me two years to get her to work out a way that I can trim her on the hoose stand without tying her and I can't tie her because she was a rearer. There's no way I was going to tie her. So I had to work out, how can I hoop trim this horse when she wants to be standing on two legs? Her sister was the opposite way around. Her sister was clapped in my trimming bag and break all my gear. Um, you're not having my foot, I'm going to lay on the ground.
0: So take us through each of each horse then and that same example, how did you get each horse at liberty to allow you to trim their hooves? That's great.
1: First off, we go through, like Anna uses, Positive reinforcement. So we you treat as extra motivators for, for doing something in a nice way. So first off, the first thing we have to learn is giving treats in calmness because if you have a horse that's really anxious about the treat, they're just going to bow you down to get to them, and then you're training in tension. Mm. And that sunshine's taught me so much, And That's why I think it's taken to her to be four years old for me to be able to do these things with her at liberty now because I didn't really. I was always Making it and trying to get things done. Mm. Yeah, Rosie was the one that, you know, you can't tell her what to do kind of horse. So, yeah, with the who's trimming, you know, you know, the first day I went to trim her, yeah, she just said, you know, I have my foot, you know, I have my foot. And in the end she went, well, I'm going to fall down on your bag. So she just clapped on my bag and all the gear went everywhere. I thought, oh, man, how am I going to do this? It's me being self-motivated as a trimmer too, to, 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 looking for a way to trim these horses without forcing them and, and for making it be done in a nice way because it's something you're going to do every four weeks with them for the rest of their lives oh my god
0: yeah and again this is choice you know you get the choice of saying to them this has to happen now and you get the choice of going i really want to build relationship here and i'd love for you to be a part of this game with me and something really cool happens you feel your feet you know your who's feel good i feel good let's do it together it's just a shift in mindset, isn't it? Yeah, the
1: secret becomes in breaking it all down and being thankful for every time that they come to the party, and and it could be that they just, um, you know, I look at her leg and she'll just pick it up and, and rest it if it's a back leg, and I go, oh my gosh, Rosie, look what you just did! I was going to pick it up, and you just lifting it off the ground for me, and that becomes I just it's a big open heart, thankful
0: positive reinforcement and even for the try as well if she looks like she just moves shifts all of her weight you know and 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 is ready to pick it up you know that's a try that's it's really important to reward those tiny one percenters
1: yeah at the same time it's a big emotional release for me at the same time it's a building a relationship with her that we're both heard and so Mm -hmm. you know and then um it goes from there and then i just um i took it up picked up, you know, she picks the foot up. And I go, okay, can you keep it on the hoof stand? And I start rewarding her for any time that she can leave it on the hoof stand. Oh my gosh, Rosie, look what you did. So you're not getting a full mm. trim done. You have to abandon your fruit. You have to abandon what you want to do. You have to let it go.
0: The outcome,
1: yeah. You have to not be attached to the outcome. Mm. And eventually over time, you start to see all the little steps that are needed for that horse to be able to keep their foot on the sand while you walk around and get stuff or they've seen something. But they won't move because they're like, I'm happy here. I'm happy here because we're bonding.
0: Mm, Great. And what about your other horse, the one that's a bit more gregarious? <laughs> How did you then train her? Was it a different way or was it the same way? What did you change about yourself and what you're asking? Yeah. Um, with
1: your two different horses' personalities? Basically, I, I I said, oh, I can do this with Rosie. This will be easy. I'll do it with Sunshine. And, oh, man, Sunshine was a different kettle of fish. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. this is a great thing because this is what I asked the universe for. I wanted these teachers and I got what I asked
0: for. Yeah. And what's really lovely, which is what I love about this new generation of trainers, is every horse is treated as an individual. So that's why I'm really interested, not in the, in the, the finite things you asked as such, but how you deal with different personalities because we're going beyond technique now. Yeah you know, technique, something that's important to have. But unless we're taking into consideration the horse's individual personalities and how we're communicating with that, then I don't think we can form real connection. No,
1: no.
0: Because with Rosie, you can't tell her no. what to do. You have to ask her yeah. because she's so full on and she's like, yeah. I'll do nothing. So with your other horse, what? how did you change the way you were asking or, or how did you deal with her personality yeah. well, differently?
1: well, good question. So Rosie was more um, I had to do everything at liberty because anything to do with the head and, and putting horses on after, after, you know, the experiences we had, it was like I, I just went we have to do this through freedom at liberty and so we, we could do that and then sunshine I said okay we have to do it at liberty but nature has a way to smack you in the face if you think it's always going to be the same way nature's going to shake you off your tree <laughs> you yeah. know so wonderful wonderful sunshine she's just like I'm like I'm going to do this at liberty it's going to be free and and um and you know she was she's really good at rearing and I remember she was I think she walked a 180 degree circle around me on the hind legs one day while I was on a dreamer. Wow! I don't know what you call that in the, in cold but it looked pretty good. <laughs> Anna knew she, um, you know, she's looking at the horse. She goes, "This is." She said, "We have to do training with sunshine in the opposite way to most horses. Most horses you start with contact and from." you know, closeness out. From your horse, we have to work from the outside in. Mm. And so we reversed everything. So everything had come from, like, being free, not being on the body. And she gifted us the things. You know, I said, I can't pick her feet up. Her ears go back. She's going to bite me. And, yeah, and she was in. She was only, like, 16, 18 months. And I had, luckily, the video was on me. Happened to be honest that night. And um, Anna said, it will come one day, but don't worry about it. It will come one day. Don't worry about it. And just happened to have a video on me for the very first time she did it. I went, I can I have your foot? No, you, you know, like, no. I thought, oh, no, it's no, can I have your foot? And I turned around just to, like, oh, I resigned to the fact, okay, it's not going to happen. And she lifted her leg. Ah. She lifted her front leg in the air and held it up. And so what I
0: noticed there is that you were resigned to the fact that it was never going to happen. Is yeah. that not a
1: form of surrender? Yeah. It, yeah, that's right. So. Let yeah. it go. And this is what Sunshine does. She always fills the space when I have let go, always.
0: Oh, such good life lessons, aren't they?
1: Yeah, and that was, and she was probably 17, 18 months then on um, Handle and she lifted her legs and that was the start of that. And so that was my way in for her with the trimming because it was became a special thing. She loves to perform. She loves, she tries to work out how to get your attention um, and it, partly based on the way that I've been trained to train her as well we are reinforcing for seeking. Anyway, so she and we developed that so I could pick a, you know, pick a feet up, but I could never really get to Trim. And it, it wasn't until I went to Anna in Poland in September last year um, for my teacher's path training one-on-one. And Anna's like, oh, you need to know, you need to be exploring boundaries more. And I, and I came home and the stuff I'd learned from Rosie was to do everything liberty and free. When I came home, uh, I was still drying the trimming with sunshine. And I thought, listen, she's putting her ears back. She off. She go, I'm not having it that way. I'm not doing it. And I said, you know what? Stop. I need to do this. I set the boundary. But I did it from my heart. I did do it because I'm mad. I did it from the love that I have for her that I need to do her feet.
0: Fantastic.
1: And in that moment, she changed and I can pick her feet up. And everything's come now and I can do it on liberty. Mm.
0: And it's so lovely that you speak about that because it's one thing I've seen over the lifetime of my adulthood as um, as women and boundaries. We, we all have issues yeah. with boundaries and setting really gentle yeah. boundaries. And that's what I've loved about um, a lot of the horse trainers that I see now is their ability to set a really clear but really gentle and respectful boundary where the horses know where where the line is and it's asked in a very nice way and then no thank you you may not do that, is done in such a gentle way that the horse goes yeah. okay no problem yeah because a lot of us don't yeah. quite know how to set them when we set them with force or we set them with explosion and that's where our yeah. learning is is uh, yeah i've learned a lot from horses about boundaries over the years
1: yeah, and that's base kickstart, we do that, we meet that that's part of the course, we, we look at boundaries in that. But it's once again up to the level that we're at, it's all tailored to how much that person can know and what the horse, their horse wants to show them at this point in their life about boundaries. Mm. And so the boundary gets deeper and deeper. And so what I understand boundaries when I start is not what I understand boundaries for you. No. And it's that's
0: really nice, though, because so if you wanted to join this online course, it's not like you think you have to be in a certain position with your horse or a certain place within uh, yourself to do it. It's really nice to hear not, that it meets you where you're at. That's really important.
1: Yeah, that's what Anna's promote, you know, made us as teachers, that we are not to change anybody that there is a special connection between that horse and that person and we are not to get in the way of that connection. Our job is to support that connection and get the person shifting um, through karmas, dropping their tensions to be more who they are so they can connect with the horse. So they the horse can be more who they are and things just blend and they can start to go.
0: Beautiful. So it sounds a lot like it's just a lot more op- honesty and authenticity that brings the connection
1: perfect tracy yeah definitely yeah yeah the more authentic i know that a lot of my trouble with sunshine with the always the ears back and and don't touch me it was i wasn't me i wasn't me she wished for me to be present and i have to find that Mm.
0: Yeah, it's it's very hard, very hard in this day and age and the, the more technology we have and the more advertising we see flitting around us and the more social media channels and things that open up, it's really difficult to be present but it's something that they're asking for. The horses are showing us more and more that they're kind of saying, well, yeah. you've got to stop listening to that now. You've got to come back.
1: Yeah, and that, that's that's the key, you know, the crux of what we're teaching is that you you have to take action, you know. Uh, you can start, and of course you need tools, and you need to know. It's great how how much you've learnt from your life with horses. It's great, but what we're doing is tuning and balancing, and getting you back to the connection, so that you can you can bring your aspect of what it is to be with a horse to the world, to you, know, to you and your horse, and the world. Um, so we can all be different, but we can all understand where we're all coming from. And so nobody asks anybody to change. Nobody says, why are you using that? Why are you doing that? It's it's the freedom. It's knowing that we are all looking for who we are individually. Yeah.
0: What they're asking is for that authenticity. Yeah. Is this really you who's asking? Is yeah. this, you know, are you in the right place of yourself when you're asking these things of your horse? That's the most important thing.
1: Yeah. And so your horse is... Yeah, the horse is the the perfect guide. That's not really even my job. I've got the easy part. I'm just the supporter of what's going to happen.
0: Wonderful. And do you teach online as well, or are you just an in person?
1: Um, I'm in Redland Bay. I'm in the east of Brisbane. Yeah, I've I've got my very first student. I have this lovely lady. She's in New Zealand. Um, so it has to be done online. Um, but the deal is that I have to come for one-on-one trainings at some point in that in the course, during the course. Now, that course could run from one month to three months. We, we're fairly flexible on everything because everyone's different and we're starting from different places. So, yeah, there's no evaluation. There's no, mm. you must have reached all these things to be passing this course. it's everyone's different everybody gets different things out of it for where they are at right now we all know that we're all on our different paths and, and you're not ready to you don't want to experience that now I mean part of my course I couldn't do for ages like at least three months my girl said we're not going on the arena I said okay all right and I didn't understand that but that was about me
0: fantastic and you're able to shift that by just shifting something in yourself. So you yeah. changed something within yourself and they decided yeah. the arena was okay again?
1: Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, one day it's like, can we go in the arena now? We're ready. And it was just, and I think, you know, there was a lot that needed to be shifted in me, Tracy. but you can't have a human being telling you, oh, Donna, you know, you need to, you're just such a horrible person, you know. You don't need to, you don't want to be told that, but your horse, your horse, you know, because it's so special, your horse can say, I'm with you today, or I'm not. And yeah, you know, we're taught through one horse life to, you know, the horse has a choice. The horse has autonomy, and it's allowed to say no. And um, yeah, so through that we develop a relationship.
0: Mm, I love that.
1: Yeah. So there's lots of multiple courses. I'm say so I've been in body mark, which is uh, becoming aware of the tensions in your body. That's how I'm going to have to say. It. Yep. It did come from a pu- Pavel Martiniak's the person who's invented it, but the message and the guidance for doing that came through his horse. And then he thought, I think they looked at the I would say they looked at the students on the course and went, wow, these guys need to know body marks. We're gonna have to teach it. So it became, you know, after startup course, that's what happened next. It was like for people that want to start looking intentions in themselves, we're gonna have body mark course. So it wasn't that went live. They decided mm, we need to do this live because so much happens in our lives that it's so easy to build tension up. We're living in a society where you know you go to work every day. There's so much pressure from everywhere, mm. and yeah. Um, so they, they, I think Pavel realized, wow, we really, you know, if we want these guys to have a chance, we, you know, it if they cannot find a way for themselves, at least we could offer them a way of like resetting and coming back. So, it's I do this Body Mountain Live session for once a fortnight and I've been doing that since it started and it's what, I think that's over a year ago. And I think that's when my horses went, oh, you know, we can talk to you now. You know, yeah, I can look at them now. I've Something changed in me, but you can't make it change. It will happen when it, it just happens. And I think that grows, when you drop the tension, when you can drop some tensions in your body or when you start to hear your body, you start to understand you.
0: Also, you
1: can't just say to yourself
0: either that, oh, I'm going to do this course now and I'll do this course yes. and then my horse listen no. to me. You actually have to no. No. embody what no. it is that you're learning. No. You can't lie to horses. that All they do is read no. energy. You know, we yeah. we think they can understand our words, but they're actually feeling everything inside of us. They're reading what it is that we're saying from the depth. So if our words don't match what it is inside of us, they're not going to do a thing.
1: No, and or they get like you know. Sometimes we'll just pull faces at you. Oh, he's back and like pretending to bite. Like I don't, you know, like she'll just be mad. So I remember one day I was confused, like looking for myself searching for myself and I just went a bit berserk on the arena by myself. No one was there. And I just went, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing and I just kind of lost it. I was walking around like some kind of weird person that completely lost it and I remember Rosie just took off her canter down the steep bank because she was grazing on the bank. She could see what I was doing. Ran onto the arena and like came up in front of me and reared up with her ears back. And I think she could see that I was so disconnected from self and damaging myself, you know, like mentally or whatever. Negative self-talk. Don't go there. Do not, you know, and so this is what the hookers do. They're pulling you. They're wanting to pull. So the best thing we can give them back is to add more calmness to us so that they can get more calmness, Mm. so that they can have a calmer life because they see so much. Yeah.
0: So the uncalm horse may not be, need to be calmed down. They may just need a calm owner to have that space over time to be able to reset their own nervous system to calmness.
1: Yeah, and so that leads us into after body marks, there was body mark a which was expanding body awareness of your horse, and Anna and Pavel gave us some special techniques to use in that. But it was working on my horse, kind of like in a calm, very calm, relaxed way. My horse had Ross River flare-up. This is Larry. He's had Ross River for seven years. He had one of his flare-ups. I went, uh-oh, here we go. And I just did a little bit. It's almost a little, uh, it's a little bit like um, all those other energy things out there. I've done a little bit of um, tea touch Hellington-Jones work with But So it's a little bit things like that, um, but it's different. But, you know, everyone's got their little flavour to it. And I applied this and his joints which every year like once it starts i lose him and his bottom legs swell up really bad and i did this body mark to him this time body mark and it's the sharing of the energy between you really but you're doing something with their feet the next morning the flare-ups didn't happen these leg actually were going down and i just went you're joking i never seen this in seven years and then a couple of days like, I might even have to sequence that, like, in a, about a week or two, over three weeks or two weeks, he had, like, three things go wrong. He had the rotular the flare-up. Then he had a colic attack, and I went back to the body mass duo, and I'm in calmness. I mean, I'm, in my head, I'm going, I'm giving him, like, 30 minutes because if nothing goes right, I'm going to have to call that. But, like, in calmness, I'm, a, I'm sharing this energy with him, and I'm doing this technique, a little bit like p touch work, and he started to calm down you could see you know when a horse is collicking it's not fun mm. and he started to see he started to slow and i was doing these things, and i was probably applying knowledge from different people that i've learnt from through the years because i have done emrt as well just the horse basic talk. you know you just do things when you're 50 you've done a lot of different things
0: you've got a lot in your toolbox
1: yeah that's right, so the tools are important, but
0: and the intuition of knowing yeah. what's needed at what time is the yeah. is the gift, yeah so
1: yeah, and so we went in you know, we were doing the body my duo the cot, and he started to calm down and I you know using doing his feet stuff and then and then he sat, he ended up sitting down, and I stayed with him, and I had my hand on his shoulder, and I seemed to be invited or pulled through his neck and we went into some kind of huge deep relaxation, but it was like I was in a lake with him. We went to somewhere that felt in you know, a place I'd never been. Mm. And he ended up laying his head on me. Like I could see one to go down. I thought, oh, I'm oh, just going to sit here a bit. You know, you don't want to be crushed by your horse, but I, I stayed with him and he laid his head on my body. And I got it on video. So there's a little bit of, I would have a little bit on my Facebook profile page. Mm-hmm. We went to somewhere special and I it touched my heart and it it connected us in such a deep way. It was such a deep relaxation. It felt like I was we were in another space. I can't explain it. It was like we were one. So I couldn't understand it wasn't like there was me and him anymore. It was like we were in this space that we'd never been or I'd never been to and but it was like we were into, it was meant energy intermingled, so there was no differentiation between who was me and what was him. Mm, it was like being into this amazing way, mm. um, and you know, Tracy. The weird thing is, out of that, that that horse used to colic on me regularly, and I couldn't ever leave him on a grass paddock all day. And since that time, which was at least the, I think it was a year ago, um, he can stay in a paddock all day now with grass. He never colic. It's all gone. Wow. So there's a big thing, you know, deep calmness and relaxation and tuning in. Like I cannot explain how it all works, but there is something so deep in all this that nature's pulling us towards Yeah. the truth.
0: Yeah, it's extraordinary. And there's more and more of these stories coming out that um, that we can't really ignore it that much anymore, can we?
1: Mm, No, and when your horse doesn't, you know, when you go to your horse and you go, well, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'll give it a go. They
0: reward the effort too.
1: Yeah, and you let go of the worry that you don't know what you're doing. And you go, well, I'm just going to go with what it feels. And then these things happen that you just never expect never expected and it happens to you it ends up being bigger than that it ends up being your life it ends up being you're completely changed because of what the experiences you've had but if you sit down and just keep reading notes and reading courses and think i'm going to learn all this you know, life wants to be experienced
0: yeah you just end up it's the difference between being a spectator and being in the game yeah you know whilst you've got a really good opinion and you're really well read and really well educated on a subject it doesn't mean you're actually an expert until you get in the ring and experience yourself and once you've had that experience now you've got a valuable opinion
1: yeah and you can't go back it's like you you become so self-motivated and standing in your power because the experiences and the messages that i've had over three years has just changed me and I don't want to go back to my old life where I was stuck
0: Mm. wow it's very inspiring very inspiring (laughs) how can people get hold of you your website your social media where can we find you
1: um yes um my facebook page is probably the easiest than using messenger it's so donna anderson on facebook s-o-n and then If if you searched on Donna Anderson, One Horse Life, I'm sure that will come up with me.
0: Great. And I'll definitely um, put all of the links to where people can find you in the show notes and it'll be on the blog on my website as well. So there'll be plenty of ways that people can find you. Yeah. So if there's one thing that we really need to know, Donna, what's one thing you can leave us with now as listeners, the final word?
1: For those people that are really emotional and like speak from the heart, if you've got a lot of things to say, just go out and hug your horse and have a big talk, <laughs> and see what happens. Right. Beautiful. And they told me to do that one day. I think it was in riding class because I still haven't ridden my girls yet, but I've stubbled and bridled Rosie, and and um, there's a block, and I just, she said go talk to your horse, whatever it is, go talk to your horse about it, and I told my horse and and i can tell you that she knew what i was, she was just coming back at me with i knew she heard everything i said she actually nicked me for being so stupid and what i was thinking there you go wow but, um yeah so for those that are really emotional and and uh kind of you can feel that you've got stuff in your heart you want to pour out go hug your horse and have a talk ha, there's another option put your horse on halter and leave and Go with, it kind of comes a bit, you know, it's all coming from one horse life with Anna. Um, go with the intention that it's like your first horse ever and try and go back to when you were a child and you had your dreams about what you, do, what you want to do with your horse. Take your horse for a walk, but be open. See if your horse can take you for a walk. Nice. See if they, what they want to do. And so if they stand still, don't worry. Like, there is no wrong response, okay? So if they stand still and go, well, I'm not walking, that's okay. Accept that as well. Go with a childlike eyes to see that and to see what, if anything comes from that. And for those who go for a walk, go for a walk and enjoy where they take you. But obviously I'm not saying go on the road when it's dangerous. Yeah. No. I'm not Use logic that. and
0: safety. Go on the yeah.
1: planet. Yeah, enjoy the enjoy what they want to do. Have some grazing and um, and see see if anything happens. Fantastic. There is no one else on the planet like you, and there is no one else on the planet like your horse. You came together for a special reason. So, a one horse life teacher's job, if you require our help, is for us to support the connection
0: between the two of you. Beautiful. What a beautiful note to leave it on. Thank you so much for joining me today, Donna. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know about you and about One Horse Life. Thanks for everything that you do for um horses as well. You know, I know there's a lot of horses out there who will be very grateful for what it is that you're doing. So thank you and thanks for your time today. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. To connect with Donna you can find the link to her Facebook page in the show notes. You can also go to the blog on my website at ComeAlongForTheRide.com.au where you will see pictures of Donna and her beautiful horses. You will also see a video here of Donna training sunshine in hoof trimming at Liberty. True Liberty where she has the choice to leave, this is not done in a confined space with fences sunshine gets to walk away and have a say at all times and happily gives a hoof with positive reinforcement being the reward it's beautiful to watch if you get a moment you might also like to have a listen to earlier episodes in the series tony robinson the wanderer is a great story of a rodeo bull rider turned energy worker and healer of horses and humans If you enjoyed this episode and would like to join me on my mission of making the world a better place for horses, please go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps us climb up the rankings and will help to get the message out there. This is a big mission with a wonderful message and it needs your help. You can also share us on your social media. Tell all your friends about us and ask them to join us on our mission as well. You'll find all the links to our social media on our website, comealongfortheride.com.au. If your friends don't know how to podcast, just send them to my website and tell them to hit play. It's the most user-friendly way to listen for anyone you know who might be resistant to technology but would love to listen. I would love it if you would get in touch and say hi. Let me know who you would like to hear interviewed on the podcast. I have some wonderful people lined up to speak to but this is your show as much as mine so please if there's anyone you'd like to hear from get in touch via the website or social media you'll find the link to my social media on my website and i can be found on facebook twitter instagram and linkedin thanks again for listening and i'll catch you next time on come along for the ride